Hey, hey, we are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Skulls here, along with my good pal, Chris Justice. He's the uh, he's the guy you want to reach out to anytime, by the way, uh, to do that. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. But today on the show, the topic of the day is going to be social media and the workplace. Always important, right? But first, we always get to the uh, the case of the day. Mr. Justice, my brother, what do you got going on? What do you got for us? Yeah. Hi. Um, uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, always off the top, just something uh, going on in the news or the case of the day. Uh, today, I wanted to uh, sort of talk about this, what I'll call a workplace trend or, or definitely something mm-hmm. that's uh, creating a bit of buzz on social media and, and throughout the news. And that's the phrase quiet quitting. I don't know if you've heard much or, or anything about this. but I heard it. I don't know what it means, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I wanted to kind of discuss what, what it means and, and sort of what it specifically means in the context of, of employment law. So uh, first of all, the definition. So quiet quitting is basically where there's this growing trend now where people are no longer adhering to the what I'll call maybe the cultural idea of exceeding uh, work expectations or workplace expectations. Uh, so essentially what people are doing are just exactly what they signed up to do and, and not a, not a sort of any bit more than that. Uh, so they're not necessarily staying later beyond their, their work hours or volunteering to do things outside of their specific job description wow. uh, or putting in much extra effort above and beyond the call of duty. And actually, I, I was looking online and there's actual videos out there that sort of instruct employees how they can so-called quietly quit uh, in oh. order to achieve a better work-life balance. Um, and, and I know this may sound silly to some. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of thinking about this in terms of, you know, just the job market changing in general, workplace conditions changing. Uh, you know, there's there's employers who are sort of shedding away workplace benefits that once, you know, people had. Uh, replacing people or employees, I should say, with contractors, you know, this whole gig economy. And and I think it's creating an issue now to where you know, we're sort of at this point where people are, you know, engaging in, in, you know, what's called quiet quitting. And, you know, I wanted to talk, as I say, uh, in terms of the consequences that this could have for somebody's job. Um, you know, if you're an employee and you're looking to sort of quietly quit, in other words, you know, just stick to the script, so to speak, and not go anything further, but then at the same time, you're being faced with your employer who may be asking you to maybe stay a little bit extra later after work or um, kind of maybe what's said on a temporary basis, chip in and, and be a team player and, and do a little bit more, as I say, beyond the duty of call. You know, how do you best approach that as an employee if, if that's not something you want to do? Because an employer, as we know, pretty much at any time and for almost any reason, uh, can let somebody go. Uh, and then the question is usually if they're going to do that, what severance is that employee now owed? And, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, in a situation like this where an employee is sort of, you know, only doing what they signed up to do and not uh, a single iota more, uh, that employee is still uh, at risk of being terminated at any time, just like any employee for that matter. Um, now, is that going to mean that there's just cause because they're, they're doing their job? No, certainly not. They're still going to be owed severance. Um, but you know, this, this could be a definite, definite issue. Um, and, uh, on the employee side, therefore, I think they're taking a little bit of a risk. Um, but I also wanted to kind of talk about how maybe as an employee, you can best approach this without necessarily jeopardizing your, your job, but at the same time, sort of, um, 
you know, letting your employer know like, Hey, look, this is what I signed up to do. I'm more than ready, willing, and able to do that, but I don't want to do more maybe unless you give me some additional benefit, or I just don't want to do more full stop. Um, Hmm. I think any employee who's sort of thinking, you know, I'm not going to help out my employer here. I'm not going to do them a favor there. Um, they need to address the employer in a, in a certain way and sort of come to that employer and just communicate and discuss with them, you know, what their issue is, what their concern is, and maybe how best to approach it. And, and like I always say, you know, put these things in writing um, because you want to you want to keep a, a paper trail. Because the other sort of situation I find in these cases is that people get asked to do things above and beyond the scope of their job and they and they just do it. And it never really gets, you know, solidified in any kind of a contract. And then over time, that ends up morphing into their job now. That, that is now what's expected of them. And then later on, they say, oh, hold up a minute. I, I don't want to do this anymore. But they've been doing it for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months. And now that employer is forming this expectation. You know, now this is your new job. This is your new job description. So as an employee, anytime you're approached by your employer and asked to do something you think is a little outside of the scope of your duties, you want to um, first get clarity on on what your duties are, and that's why it's always helpful to go back to your job description list. Um, but but also, if you don't want to do it, make your make your voice heard. Um, now, I will say you should probably talk to a lawyer before communicating any of this to your employer. But uh, these are critical junctures I find in the employment relationship where an employee can agree to maybe do something more than what they signed up to do, but then take the risk that that now is going to form an expectation on the other side that they're going to do it forever into the future. Or kind of draw a line in the sand and, and sort of say, no, look, this is what I signed up to do. Here's my job description. This is all I'm kind of going to do. Um, so I, I thought it was important to kind of raise because this is this sort of, uh, I don't know if revolution is the right word, but but there's this sweeping trend where employees are kind of just sticking to their guns. And sometimes that can definitely ruffle some feathers if it's not, uh, I guess, addressed in the proper manner. It's it's a really I mean we could spend a whole show on this topic and take calls yeah. about it. it. It's interesting because I understand the fact that you know you maybe I don't know I'm not I'm, I haven't had to venture into the into the current workplace climate because I'm doing what I've been doing for 25 years. But mm-hmm. it just seems that I you don't want of course you don't want maybe through the an employment contract this could be curtailed. But you you obviously right. don't want your employer taking advantage of you. But at the same time, it's like I'm doing this and not a little bit more, and I'm not saying okay. Well, then you know what? If you don't ever get promoted, don't whine, bitch, and complain about it. I mean, that's yeah. you know what I mean. I mean, there's that fine line between suck it up and do your job and be. And why would you not want to be outstanding in your workplace? Be the guy, the girl that's going to get promoted. But then I understand what you're saying about taking advantage. I don't know, man. It's a fine line. You're old school too, so I mean. <laughs> If you take off your lawyer hat and put on your employee hat, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, again, I, I think you've always got to, as an employee, acknowledge the fact that no one is guaranteed work for life. And you have to appreciate the fact that, again, employers can let you go for pretty much any reason they want, so long as they provide you with a fair severance package. So that's always kind of, I think, in the back of the mind of any employee is, you know, yeah. I signed up to do X, Y, Z. My employer wants me to also do A and B. And I, you know, maybe A and B only takes 15 more minutes of my time, but I'm just not going to do it. And, you know, I've seen this a lot, especially in COVID times where, you know, maybe due to a reduction in workforce, people have to pick up Mm -hmm. the slack and maybe, you know, work a little bit harder. And they're told, you know, it's only going to be temporary. It's only going to be for a few months or whatever. But then, you know, then that turns into six, nine, 12 months. And so you got to be very careful. I think it's, it's one thing to agree maybe on a temporary basis to help out and chip in. Um, but yeah, you want to be careful that it doesn't 
as I said before, sort of morph into this uh, now new term of your employment where it's just like, simply expected of you to do that. And, and maybe you don't have a, a concrete job description list or, or uh, something in writing that clearly sets out what you're supposed to do, which then would give the employer a bit more leeway to kind of, you know, move here or move there. So I think it's always important, number one, to have a clear idea of what you're supposed to be doing, because that's going to be a good foundation point yeah. to you, for you to sort of reference, you know, is this what I signed up to do or not? And then I think at that point, it's a judgment call for the employee. But as I say, I think it's also best to consult with a lawyer, get some legal advice, sort of understand what your options are, you know, maybe understand how big the changes that are being, you know, potentially forced upon you are and, and what happens if you say no or if you say yes. And, and also not wanting to necessarily condone that now as a new right. of employment by chipping in, you know, the old the old adage, no good deed goes unpunished kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think to your point is the best way is to sit down with your supervisor or boss and say, you know, I don't, I don't mind doing this. I understand times are tough for whatever reason, but right. in writing, you know, let's hope this. I don't I don't want this to be a permanent thing. And if that's it's a discussion you want to have, well, then we'll it'll work both ways. I think rather than just digging in your heels and say I'm not doing it, so maybe that's uh, maybe that's the way to do it. To your point, Chris is the guy to answer those questions after the show. Any other time, one eight five five eight two one. 5,900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll start on our topic for the day that you sent along, Chris, a good one too. And that is to a topic of the day being social media in the workplace. Are things you post on social media private? That's always the, the looming question, right? There's there's such a thing as, as a right to privacy. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of people think, uh, you know, there's no way that so-and-so is going to find out about this or, you know, whatever I'm posting here is, is completely, you know, my personal domain and it should have nothing to do with the workplace whatsoever. Um, but, but you as an employee should always assume that first of all, whatever you're doing on your work computer, um, you you need to assume that that at some point, uh, or is potentially being viewed by your employer monitored in some way. You know, I think there's a big difference between you doing, you doing certain things on your own personal phone or your own personal computer versus, you know, you're in the office on the computer, you know, on Instagram all day or, or on YouTube, you know, watching videos all day kind of thing. So you need to assume that these things can, or may in fact be monitored in some way. You know, a lot of employers will have, the, the technological capability, of course, to do this, to review, you know, kind of what you're doing. Uh, so if you're right. on social media and your employer finds that to be a problem, you know, again, posting a lot of things on it, maybe some things that your company might frown upon, maybe not, or spending just a lot of time in general, um, there could be a potential issue. So I don't think in those circumstances, there can be an expectation of privacy in the same way that there is with, with more personal devices. Um, you know, whether it's phones or computers, but yeah, definitely posting things, saying certain things. Uh, if you don't want your employer to know that you're spending time on social media and doing something maybe more than you should, then the simple fact is you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, otherwise, again, you, you kind of risk the, uh, the ire of your employer. And with that, we'll take our uh, one short break and we will continue right here with the Employment Law Show. Stand by. <laughs> Welcome back to an Employment Law Show. Good to have you along. Our good pal, Chris Justice, courtesy of Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Hey, doing all the heavy lifting here today. Always good to have a chat, man. Get some bearings. Due diligence is what it's all about when it comes to your employment rights. I mean, think about it. You spend more time at work, average person in this province, than you do with your family, your kids, social work, everything, social, uh, your, your social life, everything. It's at work, right? Eight hours a day, five five days a week, possibly. You could be uh, you could be busy, so you really have to know your rights and where you stand. To do that, one 821 5900 to reach Chris and his team and help at employment 
lawyer.ca. Going to get back into our topic here in just a minute, talking about uh, social media in the workplace, but always the phone calls, top priority. Sabrina, thanks for standing by. What's your question? Hi. Um, actually, just circling back to what you were talking about earlier, um, I work in sales, and um, in the last couple of months, our accounting department has been very understaffed. And my workplace has now made it a rule that if we don't, um, like, assist accounting by, you know, adjusting invoices and doing all these things that are totally beyond my scope of work, we will not get paid and they deduct our paychecks until we do set work that we've never had to do and I've been there for a decade. Is that something that they can do or is it... I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good question, Sabrina. So thanks for uh, thanks for bringing that one in. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's kind of on point with what we were talking about earlier. Uh, anytime someone says to me, you know, that their employer is making them do X Y Z, or at least um, you know insisting that they do X Y Z, and the employee, like yourself, is taking the position that this is outside the scope of my duties. Um, one question I just ask usually is, is, is there a contract? Is there, again, like a, a job description or duties list that would clearly define what it is you're responsible for doing? Um, because no. that would be, a okay, there isn't. So uh, sometimes the issue with that, when, when someone joins a company and there isn't a as clearly defined job duty or job description list, um, there's usually a general idea in the beginning of what they're supposed to be doing. And then if, I think you were saying you've been there for about a decade. So uh, over several years, maybe one little thing gets added onto your plate, you know, this given year and then next given year, another little thing. And, and these little things all, you know, individually may not be that big, but, you know, cumulatively will kind of add up potentially to a significant change. So, um, if, if, I, if this new change is just something that's never been introduced before or asked of you, then, uh, I think you could have potential grounds for a constructive dismissal, which might give you the ability to either agree to the change at the end of the day, if that's something you're willing to do, or say to your employer, no, this isn't what I signed up to do. I haven't done this in the past decade. I've worked here. And by making me do this, you're essentially adding, you know, this, this, and this to my plate. You know, sometimes these things get assessed in terms of how much extra work is it actually requiring you to do? Like, is this adding an hour or two onto your day, or is this causing you to fall behind work in other areas? Um, but then you've also got this added layer of them telling you that if you don't do this new thing that they want you to do, they're actually going to penalize you for that. So I think that even makes it more likely that there could be grounds for a constructive dismissal. Um, but, but as it always happens, it depends case by case. Uh, I would definitely say you, you have some options and maybe before communicating to your employer and sort of drawing a line in the sand, so to speak, uh, you can give, uh, you can give us a call and we can kind of go through it in a bit more detail so we can kind of guide you through that process. Cause yeah, again, you don't want to necessarily jeopardize your job. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to be agreeing to things that you might see legitimately as significant changes. And um, sometimes the changes aren't as big and you may not have as, as much of a leg to stand on. But then other times, you know, people are able to really articulate why the change is so major. Uh, and again, not to mention now that you're being penalized and, and could actually be suffering losses if you don't do what they're asking you to do. Oh, yeah. Like we, they owe me money already from like taking stuff off yeah. of all. Like it's not just me and entire department. Yeah. And, and even if it is for supposed legitimate business reasons, it doesn't necessarily mean that employers can do that, especially not without giving notice ahead of time. You know, it's one thing for them to say, 
a year from now, we're going to be implementing this new policy. And, and maybe that look, gets looked at a bit differently, but it's entirely different when they say, you know, on a Friday, starting Monday, this is what we're going to require you guys to do. And again, if you don't do it, we're just going to stop paying you as much as we did before. That, that's a huge issue. And uh, if you're a 10 year employee and you're looking at a potential constructive dismissal claim, which is essentially tantamount to a termination, your, your severance entitlements you could be looking at might be extremely significant. So again, all okay. the more reason I think to get some legal advice just so that you can decide for sure what direction you want to head in. And if you are going to maybe take on that, that role or do those extra tasks, um, you know, there might be some conditions you, you can attach to it, for example. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Sabrina. Appreciate your time. I'm going to give you that uh, that phone number to reach out uh, at your leisure. Of course, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you prefer to email Chris and the guys, no problem. That's uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We were talking. Uh, before Sabrina, before the break, got into our, our topic of the day, an important one, Chris, that is social media in the mm-hmm. workplace. We, you know, we talked about just, you know, the right to privacy and what you post on social media. Yeah, I guess I, I was thinking during your, your initial comments and that, I guess it's kind of nuanced. Not that you shouldn't, shouldn't be careful all the time, but yeah. I guess it's nuanced in the fact if you take someone who's, you know, one of 300 people working in a, in a warehouse, I mean, the exposure to the company might not be as great versus someone like me who's in the media, radio, TV, et cetera. What I post can have a negative reflect on my employer. So you've got to take, there's got to be a lot more caution taken, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like with a lot of these things, context is important. So if, mm-hmm. if someone is literally the face of the organization or an on-air personality or somebody who is, you know, sort of customer facing or public facing, um, th- there's potentially going to be a lot more damage done to the company, as you say, versus maybe someone who's working in the warehouse, um, maybe someone who doesn't have as big of a profile. Um, you know, so, so those are definitely things that get factored in, uh, when sort of deciding, you know, ultimately what, what gets done, you know, an employer is going to potentially take an action one way or another. And sometimes as we know, they go a little bit too far and, uh, you know, assume that what you've done is, is sort of akin to, to murder or, you know, there's some sort of capital punishment that's deserved when we know it's just not the case. Um, but, but yeah, that, that'll factor in, in terms of maybe their argument as far as how it affects the business. Now, as far as an employer's concerned, you got an employee who's, you know, just time theft. They're spending so much time on social media. Maybe it's starting to yeah. affect their job. You want to discipline them. How do you go about doing that? Yeah. So, so first of all, if you're an employer, I, I think, you know, if we're talking on the employer side of things, it's, it's important to have a policy in place. Uh, it is important to make sure that, you know, the expectations are clear, you know, that, and also that the consequences are clear. You know, you, you need as an employer, ideally to have your employees sign, you know, whether you want to yeah. call it a social media policy or something like that with everything set out very clearly. You know, there might be sort of stages where if, you know, your employer catches you doing this, that or the other, you might start off with a with a verbal warning that might escalate to a written warning and then maybe a suspension and then maybe termination. Um, but but you definitely need to make sure that the expectations, the consequences are clear I think you also need to make sure that, you know, if you're an employer and you're coming up with a social media policy, that you're thinking about all the different, you know, uh, areas or websites, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, blog sites, et cetera, so that you're not necessarily forgetting anything. Um, and you want to uh, lastly reinforce the confidentiality concerns because, mm-hmm. you know, you could have employees who are on social media posting certain things or, or blogging about certain things and actually divulging confidential information that, that, that breaches privacy policies, 
you know, you might have clients or customers that are sort of uh, mentioned in these things. So the protection of that information, of course, is, is, a, is a fundamental component of these policies. Um, and so that, that's first and foremost what I'd say employers should do. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if they find out you're, you're doing something that, that you're not supposed to be doing, you should start with sort of a progressive disciplinary structure and go from there. But as again, to your point, it kind of depends on the severity of it as well. You know, there could certainly be more egregious actions, uh, done by, by an employee in this context that might warrant escalating things further, but, but you still want to be careful that you're not as an employer jumping the gun and, you know, let's Mm -hmm. say firing somebody for cause, uh, because, you know, there, there may be watching one or too many YouTube clips in a given day. Yeah, that's kind of a, there's a narrow line there, I guess. So last question as we get down to the last couple of minutes, but is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been fired because of my use of social media for some reason. Now, what do I do? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've said that, uh, you know, employers need to have clear policies, clear consequences. But if you're somebody who uh, has lost their job because of using social media, as I said before, you know, a lot of employers will jump the gun. They might terminate you for cause. And in mm-hmm. most cases, that's probably not going to amount to cause uh, unless, as I said before, there was this progressive disciplinary structure put in place. Um, your employer is generally going to be within its rights to uh, terminate your employment on a without cause basis. If it feels like there's a disruption, uh, but maybe not one that rises to the level of a just cause type termination where you get absolutely nothing on your way out. So, so there's always that risk. But yeah, if you're somebody who's been fired, whether it's with or without cause, there's a very high chance that um, you haven't been given an adequate amount of severance if you've been given anything at all. Uh, and you'll definitely need to reach out to a lawyer to make sure that whatever is being offered to you is, is nonetheless fair and reasonable um, going forward. And if you're receiving harassment through social media from a fellow employee or whatever, you should definitely reach out to your uh, your supervisor. That's how that works, right? Bullying and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people think of uh, harassment in the workplace as being one where you're literally in the same physical work site as another. Um, but the same thing can happen on social media. You know, you can have employees harassing each gotcha. other through Slack channels, Instagram, as I say, mm-hmm. all these social media accounts. And so, first of all, if you're an employee and you're being subjected to that, yes, you need to raise it with your with your manager, with the company. And as the employer, you need to take these things seriously, you know, as they normally should be taking it seriously and make sure that, you know, something like that gets nipped in the bud. Because if you drop the ball on on something like that as an employer, you're going to be in a case where, you know, someone's now claiming wrongful dismissal or constructive dismissal or even potentially a human rights, human rights matter. And we are done. Back in tomorrow. In the meantime, 1-855-821-5900 to reach Chris and help at employmentlawyer.ca.